Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. My name is Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News, and this is going to be our next installment of the interview series. This week, we have elite hurdler, six-time All-American, Chad Zalo. He's going to be sharing us his story of how he got into track and field, um, the difficulties that he had with how serious he wants to take it, and some of the struggles he went through with that and what his future goals are for this upcoming season and the seasons moving forward. It's a really great conversation. I hope you enjoy it and have a good one. Peace. Welcome everyone to the next iteration of our interview series here with Track World News. Uh, this one is another exciting interview. Uh, we have for the, the second time, uh, another hurdler. Um, we have Chad Zallo. He's from uh, Ohio, went to Youngstown State, six time All-American. Uh, extremely great athlete. The, the accolades go on forever. If you take a look at his bio on Youngstown, Chad, thanks for taking the time uh, to doing this with us, man. Yeah, Colin, thanks for having me on here. As I said earlier, you know, anybody that's trying to shed a light on track and field, you know, all of us track guys appreciate that. It's definitely a sport that doesn't get too much credit. So, um, you know, when you hit me up, I was definitely willing to come on here and just talk track and field with you. For sure, man. I mean, it's definitely a sport that I think, for some reason, I don't know why, maybe it's because I'm just invested in it more. It seems like it's getting a little bit more traction. Obviously, we have the the, the two track leagues, the American, especially American Track League, getting started up. I mean, have you noticed at all, like, hey, it looks like track might be getting a little bit more playing time or has is it just like, seems like it's a similar, you know, every everyday stuff? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think we have a lot of catching up to do in terms of, you know, how Europe appreciates track, but I, I think the American Track League just being nationally televised on ESPN this year, I think that's a big thing for track and field, just getting that national exposure and just kind of sh showcasing all those elite athletes in the field um, that we've seen the last couple of weeks. So um, I think American Track League is a good start. I think we have a long way to go, but no, I definitely think, um, you know, track deserves his credit on, on the world stage, just getting more attention. So um, anytime track gets on national television in America, that's, that's a good start. Yeah. One thing that was just super crazy, just looking at the difference between how we kind of appreciate track and Europe is I was looking at Mondo vaulting, like the vaulting competition somewhere. I can't remember where it was, maybe Dusseldorf. And they had like fire, like, like going yeah, up behind yeah. the pit, like you clear a bar and it's like an explosion of like, pot, like crazy sounds and stuff like you don't see that here. Like, and right. so hopefully maybe not fire on the hurdles. That'd be dangerous, yeah. but they'll have you know, more excitement, more things going on here at the U S. So only time will tell with, with that type of stuff. Absolutely. I agree. hundred percent. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, love to get it started where, where it all began with you. Uh, I know we were chatting earlier about, you know, getting into, into the sport, but where did you, you know, find track and field and how did you decide, you know what, this is something that I, I want to pursue long-term. Yeah, man, as a kid, you know, I definitely uh, dabbled in pretty much all, all the sports. Um, you know, I was just a good athlete growing up. So I started out playing soccer, uh, baseball, football, but I actually found my speed on the baseball field. So, you know, I was uh, running the bases and a lot of people said that, you know, you should go for uh, track team. And this was back in my peewee baseball days. And I was a young kid, like six or seven years old. And everyone just noticed I had some speed. So uh, my dad actually signed me up for a uh, summer track um, team called the Warren Striders, which is my hometown to this day. Um, so I ran out 
uh, for the Warren Striders and everything went really well. Um, started winning events and just kind of fell in love with the sport from that day. Yeah, for, for me, I had a similar start in, in baseball. Less uh, you should go try it, more I didn't make the team in seventh grade. I still I still think it was BS to this day, even though I found my new, my new love for track. But yeah, sim- similar thing for me in baseball. I mean, for you, was it was hurdles like your first love or was that something that, you know, took time for you to you know get into? It actually wasn't my first love. I was a sprinter. Um, my older brother, I have an older brother, Carl, who actually ran the same college track team as me as well. Um, so growing up, we actually got pretty competitive together and uh, we used to get in, you know, arguments all the time and fights about who's faster, this and that. So my dad just pretty much had enough of it. And he said, one of you guys got to pick another event because he was getting tired of things, too. So, you know, I just kind of volunteered, you know, I'll, I'll try the hurdles. And, you know, I just jumped over a hurdle and it went super smooth. And I just took it and ran with it. And I just started practicing and doing a lot of drills. And, you know, here I am to this day still running the hurdles. There you go. What what was it like for you guys in that household? I mean, having two competitive guys and obviously, I mean, you mentioned you you ended up competing at the same college together. I mean, so where what were the was it was it all like, hey, brother, brotherly competition or was it a little, you know, got a little heated at times? Yeah, yeah. So it definitely brotherly competition got a little heated as we were younger. And then when I started branching off to the hurdles, it kind of like, you know, we he focused on the sprints. I focused more so on the hurdles, but just training together all throughout, you know, high school, having that training partner that's also elite athlete like myself definitely helps since we went to a smaller high school. It's kind of hard to get that, you know, competition in high school. So having my brother there um, definitely helped me get better and I helped him get better. And then he actually committed to, you know, my hometown college, Youngstown State. And I kind of followed suit in his footsteps. He had a good career there. He liked the coaching staff, his staff. He liked the facility. So I kind of just took where he went and I just kind of ran with it. Yeah, that that gets into you know, one 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 question I've always had for a while now. So um, I remember seeing in when I was in high school, we were I think were you what were you class of 2015? Or, 2015, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, so same yeah same age. So I remember seeing your name on mile split, U.S. mile split, like. Chad breaks another record. It was like every week, I swear you're break, you're breaking records. And um, uh, they had some articles saying, you know, where are the top athletes going to go? And it was like, yeah. Chad, probably going to go to Ohio State. I think maybe Notre Dame or, or Penn State mm-hmm. were, were big options. And so yeah. it's like, oh, it's going to go to this big time school. And then it was like Youngstown State. And I was like, I'm not where where is that like no yeah. I went to a very small school too so <laughs> everyone had the same same things when I said Mount St. Mary's you're like where is that but right. what went into that decision for you like hey I'm getting all this you know I was you were getting some national love from yeah. pretty big programs what went into you being like yeah let's go let's go the smaller school route yeah a lot of people are the same as that question all throughout my college career everyone was like why did you choose Youngstown State and even in high school when I committed you know I won a national championship and the ones on hurdles um and I chose Youngstown State so everyone was kind of thrown off by that um just kind of like you know just it was my roots my hometown I kind of wanted to stay back home with my brother and you know things went really well in high school you know I trained actually at Youngstown State as a high schooler and I think really well you know I was the top hurdler in the country you know up there the top hurdler um, I just felt really comfortable at Youngstown State. Um, got along really well with the coaches there. Um, and then the facilities are great. Um, you know, so I just really felt comfortable there. And I just kind of wanted to stay close to home and represent my home school. And I, I think one of the great things about track and field, which is, you know, different from other sports, is you're only as good as your time. So you could really do well anywhere. Your time speak for itself. So, you know, I felt like if I could, 
you know, become a national champion on my hometown, you know, why can't I do well with my hometown and college? So just kind of, you know, stayed home and ran with it and it went pretty well. So. Yeah. It's, that's one thing that's great about, yeah, like track and field that you can, you can go anywhere. If, if you wanted yeah. to be, if you were at the large, if you're at Oregon or if you were at some small division three school that no one's heard of, you can, they're going to be fast people no matter where, no matter yeah. where you go. Like you don't have to be at that, that big name, name program to be, to be elite. Um, for, for you, when you chose Youngstown, were you, uh, like, were you thinking, okay, I, I want to, I really want to take this to the next level. Like, Hey, like, let's go. I want to not just go to college. I want to go further. Or was it like a, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this cause I really like the school and, you know, I just want to have a great, you know, great college experience running here. You know, when I went in, I was more so about just kind of representing my hometown, um, you know, big sports town, had a lot of support in my hometown. And, you know, I went on a lot of official visits to the Big Ten schools and, and um, SEC schools, things like that. But the one difference, what I felt with the smaller school, so YC is a mid-major school, they're still a division one. Yeah. I just felt like I got a little more appreciated at a smaller school, mid-major school like that. You know, the difference is at a bigger school, you're kind of more so just a number. So I tell a lot of kids going through the recruiting process is just kind of go to a school where they're going to appreciate you and really take care of you. Um, because, you know, get, you get to a certain point, you go to a bigger school. Sometimes you can kind of just be treated as another person on the track team rather than just an elite talent. So, you know, I, I kind of got that vibe at Youngstown State that I was going to be really appreciated there and taken care of. And, you know, they stuck to their word and they definitely took care of me there. So I can't complain about my decision. So. That's one thing I just encourage kids. Don't don't really go for the bigger school just because it looks cool. Go go where, you, where you're going to feel comfortable because if you feel comfortable at a school, you got to run good. You got to compete good. So that's that's my biggest recommendation for kids. Exactly. Like I think yeah, it, that's something that it's super hard in the the recruiting process um, because it's like you get infatuated with these big names and like that. Hey, I have to, I have to go there because right. I really want, cause it's, it feels good. Like when somebody says, Oh, you're a when, cause when people think of division one athletes, you think of the, you know, the big right. you know blue chip schools. And so when you're like, Oh, I'm division one. And I was mm -hmm. like, Oh, where? And I was like, Oh, Mount St. Mary's. And they're like, right. Okay. <laughs> it's not yeah. like the Villanova Penn States of the world, but it doesn't mean that you're, you're not going to compete well. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's the comfortability of it, of, you know, you right. being the coaches and that you can help exactly. you take it to the next level. Um, I know one thing we were um, didn't chat with before, but you had wrote me earlier on was something that was kind of a regret or didn't go as well as you planned was, you know, how seriously you were taking track. Yeah. And at, mm -hmm. at times you were taking it a little too seriously. Could you right. kind of get into, you know, what do you mean by that? Like what was going on? Yeah, uh, yeah, for, for sure. So, you know, going to my sophomore year, that's really was kind of my breakout year in college. You know, I was running the top times in the country and the six year hurdles came out and ran a really good time in the outdoor, you know, place, place well at indoor nationals. And I was kind of like thinking, all right, I could potentially turn a professional here soon and out of college. And I was kind of starting to pay too much close attention to what other people are doing in the world rankings. And I was kind of getting lost of just, you know, what other people are doing on the track and what they're running and what I'm running every weekend. And, I kind of stopped having fun with it after my sophomore year. I felt like going into my junior year, I was kind of forcing things too much. And track's definitely a sport where you can kind of get lost, you know, and what other people are doing and how fast they're running and how fast you're running. And you kind of start to force things and you don't really have fun with it when you put so much pressure on yourself. You know, what I'm starting to learn now is I'm out of college. Um, you know, I'm just trying to have fun with the sport. You know, I'm not really trying to do this for money. Um, I'm having fun with it by just kind of just focusing on myself. I'm not going to worry about what other people are running, what the top time in the world is. 
I'm just going to worry about what, what I can do on the track and, you know, just compete with myself rather than, you know, the top time in the world. And I think a lot of athletes can take that in track. Just, just kind of have fun with the sport. Don't try to force things. You don't, don't follow along with what other people are doing. Yeah. It's good to be competitive and you, you should be trying to win every race, but you know, sometimes it's a tough sport when you just kind of infatuate what other people, your competition is running. Yeah. It's, and it's so hard to not do because mile split or TFRS or, or world athletics, whatever it is, is just a click away or the, the heat sheets they're they're going to be coming out the day before the meet. So you're, it's, mm-hmm. Oh, let me just see who I'm racing. And then it's like, right. this, this guy's PR is, you know, half it's like, I'm, we're really close. We're neck and neck. Like, Oh, I beat him the last time we competed. So it's, it's easy to get in your own head about yeah. other people are competing in. It's so hard to just focus on your, on yourself. What did you see when you were, you know, getting more into and taking it more seriously? Like, was it having an effect off the track at all for you? Or, or was it more just, you know? Walking? Yeah, absolutely. You know, especially in my event, the hurdles, you kind of have to focus on your own lane. When you start forcing things in a hurdle, you got to hit hurdles, you got to make mistakes, you know, and there's definitely other events where you just kind of, you, you can't worry about what other people are doing. You got to execute your own race, you know, on the track or even on the field. Um, you really got to focus on yourself. And, you know, my junior year, I kind of just started like getting a little too, too antsy and like my diet, I was super strict, really not having fun with this sport. And my performance just definitely took a hit. And that's where I was like, all right, what am I doing? I got to really just go back to what I was doing my sophomore year um, and just kind of relax and just let things work out, just compete every race and don't worry about the times, just worry about winning your race and running your race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you got to get out of your own head and be able to just let it, let, let the competition come to you. Let the, let the practices Mm -hmm. come to you. Like when, I guess nowadays, what, uh, like, what are your, what are your, what are your practice schedules kind of looking like? I know I hate, I hate getting asked that question. Like my parents saying, Oh, like what's a typical (laughs) practice look like for you? Because every day is different, but I guess what would a, a typical day two or like midweek, like a Wednesday, look like you know for you you currently practice wise yeah so Wednesday I'm typically going to the track uh, I'm still training my own home university in Youngstown State um, thankfully you know throughout COVID you know I'm still have access to facilities and a lot of other athletes don't so I can understand especially now it's kind of hard to get into a set routine but I'm in a good situation where I'm still nothing's really changed from last year going into this year um, typical week, um, you know, Monday, you know, I'll run hurdles and then do that again on Wednesday. So I'll take a break between days. Um, and then, uh, on a Friday, I'll go back to speed work and just kind of incorporate, uh, speed work and then get some lifting in. Um, so in season is a little different than, than off season, off season, I'm going to go more so hill work, a little more in the weights, kind of building a good base. But now I'm in season, I'm running meets pretty much every weekend or every other weekend, it's more so focused on quality. So um, I'm more valuing rest and recovery and then just kind of like hitting, hitting it every day. So now it's just kind of fine tuning and staying sharp, staying fast. Mm-hmm. It's th- this year was so crazy and different from, from other years, um, obviously with everything that's going on, how did your, your training like alter or change at all? come what last March when yeah. you were preparing for, you know, a potential Olympic year, you probably had your right. schedule all, all mm-hmm. like scheduled out and prepared. Right. And then it's like, you know what, we're done. We're shutting all that down. Yeah. What, how did your training, you know, 
alter at all during that time? Yeah, so I fortunately finished up my whole indoor season. I'm like college kids, so we had USATF indoors. I think it was like a week before um, NCAA indoors. So I finished my season, had a pretty good indoor season, finished fourth at USA's. Going into the outdoor, pretty much had most of my schedule planned out. So it's kind of training, getting ready to run. And then COVID hit, everything was shutting down. Nobody really knew what was going on. We thought there might be some meets, you know, end of the season, you know, maybe some Drake relays. So I was still kind of training through it all when it first happened because I didn't really know there was going to be a season. So for a few weeks, you know, I was still acting like I was going to have a season. I think kind of reality set in a few weeks in, like, okay, you know, I might not have a season. So I kind of shut things down and I was like, you know, just take a break. You've been training since fall. Um, you might not even have a season. So now's a good time to give your body a time to relax, recover, kind of get set for um, next next season. Mm-hmm. So I definitely took took some time off and that was good for me. And then going into basically middle of the summer, um, I got a call from my agent that I was going to get into Drake Relays. So I actually started training a little bit for that. Wasn't as sharp as I was indoor, but, you know, I still, you know, took the opportunity, Drake Relays, procedures, meet. So started training for that. That meet was, I think, end of August. That's kind of the latest I've ever ran. So ran Drake Relays, um, finished third overall there, and then I just shut my season down, and, you know, there was no other meets. I didn't really want to travel overseas with COVID, and that was that. So it was just kind of sporadic training throughout, which is definitely difficult. <laughs> yeah, and now things are starting to, to ramp back up again. I know uh, you, you had your, your first, I guess, major, especially televised meet just recently, yeah. a few weeks ago with uh, – the American track league. It's something that I've been tuning into every week. I'm super excited about it. It's, it's just like, it's great seeing the, the sport back. I mean, yeah. what was that experience like where it typically, if there was a meet of this caliber with the names that are in this competition, you'll probably have a full, if not mm-hmm. pretty darn near close to it, full arena. But now, I mean, especially with your meet, I mean, you had a guy throw a world record and no one's in yeah. the stands. Right. (laughs) What was that? What was that competition like? What's the process from you, what landing in Arkansas or or getting arriving at the meet to then actually competing, you know, at the American Track League? Yeah. Yeah. First of all, big shout out to American Track League and Paul Dole for just putting that meet on. It's definitely, you know, a huge blessing for all of us professional athletes, you know, that we didn't really think we're going to have a season. And then, you know, we found out they're putting on American Track League. So definitely huge blessing for all of us. Um, like, like you said, yeah, it's definitely a weird environment for track and field. You know, I'm definitely a big guy that kind of feeds off the, you know, environment, the, the crowd energy, things like that. So it's definitely different having, not having fans in the stands, but thankfully they still put on a good environment. And, you know, as you've seen on TV, had very stacked field in the hurdles, you know, you had Grant Holloway, the world champion in my field. So when you get guys like that in, in your race, you kind of don't even pay attention to the crowd anymore because you're like, all right, I got enough to worry about in my own race. So uh, different environment. I got a little teaser of that when I ran over the summer in Drake Relays. There wasn't a crowd there either. And that's when my first experience with that, I'm like, all right, this is definitely weird. Now, unfortunately, I kind of got used to it just from Drake Relays. So, you know, definitely it's not ideal for a track meet, but, um, you know, it was nationally televised. So you got people at home watching and you just get added pressure from that. So it makes you ready to go. Yeah, it was uh, it was great. I'm I'm looking forward to to having more uh, competitions uh, like that. Uh, what was the I guess some of the like the behind the scenes like protocols for you 
like that you don't see besides your obvious the, yeah. the race that you had what were some things behind the scenes that us as viewers wouldn't have seen wouldn't have known what was happening yeah so when you as soon as you land um you come into the hotel they transport you um immediately you got to get a rapid COVID test so they're definitely following all the protocols doing that and then you know as you're warming up you kind of have to keep your social distance avoid people you're wearing a mask as you walk um, to and from certain places. You can warm up without a mask, but you know I, I do my part, keep my distance. And then as you're walking into the track, so there's a warm up area and there's the track. So all the athletes, you know, warm up back there. And then, so as you're leaving the warm up area, you go to the bullpen. So the bullpen is basically just where you wait to go out to the track and run your race. So mm-hmm. bullpen, have to wear your mask mask on the whole time, and then walk out to the track. You can take your mask off. Definitely a little different, but I think now we're all pretty much used to that. Just, you know, making sure you wear your mask. So um, they did a really good job making sure they keep everyone safe uh, just by doing the COVID test, keeping the mask on and um, doing our social distancing. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned earlier uh, that, you know, you, you had some pretty, a pretty stacked field here um, with American track league and the United States has a lot of really great hurdlers in it and looking forward to the, this 2021 Olympics, it's going to be, it'll, it'll be a pretty stiff competition here at the, you know, the Olympic trials. I mean, you mentioned Grant Holloway, especially this past, this past week, Mm -hmm. Uh, what's it going to take for you to be able to, make it to that final and then eventually, you know, hopefully make it to the Olympics here in 2021. Yeah, man. So the great thing about the hurdles is, and why I kind of fell up the sport, anything could happen in a race at any given time, anybody can win. You have to run a great race, clean race. So, um, you know, it's anybody's race when I get, you get to that final, like you said. Um, so my big goal this year basically is, you know, I got to hit the, hit the standard, hit the qualifying time to get into the trials, which, you know, I'm pretty confident I could do. And then when you get there, it's just kind of focus on each round, round by one. Don't really think about the finals yet. So you get there, you get the um, semifinals, prelims. You're taking it race by race, making sure you focus on your own race, execute, come top three or whatever, however they do it to make the uh, next round, focus on getting that spot. Um, and then when you get in the finals, just leave it all on the track and, um, you know, anything can happen when you get there. So uh, like you said, America has a stack. Uh, field and the hurdles like most events I feel like this year yeah so it's definitely you know crazy crazy year you know in the sprints and any event so uh gotta gotta run your best race when the time's right mm-hmm. yeah that I think and that's the mo- one of the most difficult things um about track is that you get one shot at it unless it's a, a throwing or mm-hmm. jumping event then you get three but especially yeah. with hurdles you get you get one shot and it's not yeah. like basketball where you have an hour and a half or whatever to to compete you get one shot what could you could you take us into what's like some of the mental preparedness you have to have because you have 10 hurdles that are what waist high or, or pretty dang near close to it and yeah. i feel if, if you if you clip one especially the first one you got nine more to go like and, right. and so it's like yeah. how do you get back into it mentally where you like damn i dropped my lead leg yeah. I'm, i know i'm off a little bit on my next hurdle, how do you mentally be like, not psych yourself out, just keep going at it? I feel like a lot of that just kind of goes into preparation. You know, it's definitely when you're not prepared, you, you know, it going into a race, you're going to be a little more nervous, but you know, the more prepared I am and that comes in practice, when I'm going into a race. I feel confident. I'm not going to hit a hurdle. So a lot of that just goes into making sure you have really good practices, really focusing on your technique, staying clean over the hurdles in practice. And that's got to translate to the track. And kind of when you get into the track, you kind of just got to take things hurdle by hurdle. 
So I'll kind of get psyched out, like, okay, I got 10 hurdles, three and a half feet tall. You know, start with the first hurdle, you clear that. Let's focus on the second hurdle, take things one by one, um, and just kind of go from there. So you can't really psych yourself out on a sport and an event like hurdles, just like pole vault, as you know, it's kind of an outside looking in. It's kind of a crazy event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's definitely a lot can go wrong, a lot can happen. It's very technical. So a lot of it goes in preparation and just kind of not overwhelming yourself or psyching yourself out. Mm-hmm. Looking at how you're you've done so far, um, are there any areas of your you know, your race that you're like, hey, this I could use a little bit of work here, whether that's your start or finish mm-hmm. or maybe certain technique. Is there anything you're like, hey, we want to make sure this is what we focus on because if we improve this, you know, times time should be able to drop by a little bit. Yeah. So as, as you as you guys may notice, I'm definitely when you see me on TV, I'm one of the shorter guys in the field. So. Uh... Definitely, uh, I got a good start. I try to really capitalize on that. You know, I try to use my height as an advantage. I'm five foot ten. A lot of the guys I hurdle against are like six foot four, six foot five. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm shorter. I can get to a hurdle faster. And then between the hurdles, I can sprint without having to shuffle. So when when you're a taller hurdler, um, you get to a point where you have to kind of hold back your speed and not, you know, force things. I'm able to sprint between the hurdles. So, like I said, I got a good start, but I really got to focus on the back end of my race. That's something I kind of been working on after I, you know, uh, got into the professional ranks. Got to have a good finish. So I've been doing a lot of work in the off season, just kind of getting my speed endurance in and kind of putting more hurdles on the track rather than putting up 10 like we see in a race. I'm going over 12, 13, 14 in practice just so I kind of get that, you know, speed endurance over the hurdles and just kind of get ready to go for outdoor season. Mm-hmm. How uh, with it's since it's been such a, a wild wild time we've been going through. I mean, who are some of the the people in your corner, your, your support system that have been really able to, to help you go through this journey as you're now, you know, pretty, pretty new, um, professional athlete. Uh, who, who are some of those people in your corner that are really, really supportive and have been, been able to help you out, you know, get through some of these, these tough times or, you know, some of the great times as well. Yeah, definitely. So I definitely got to give a shout out to my family. Um, I actually trained my dad right now. My dad's my coach. So, you know, my, my dad's been pushing me through this all. My parents have been very supportive. Um, you know, running post-collegially track is not the easiest thing in, in the, in the world. And you really gotta have a really good support system. So, uh, you know, my, my dad's been pushing me, um, you know, throughout training through COVID and through it all. And gotta give a shout out to my girlfriend. She's very supportive as well. So, um, definitely got some good people in my corner and makes things easier when you're running post-collegially. Oh yeah. I mean, I can only imagine because you're, you go from, I mean, it's, I was also wondering about this as well. You go from your entire life on, on a track where obviously we know it's an individual event, but you have teammates pretty much the entire, the entire way with whether they're high school, college, club, whatever it might be. And then now you're doing it where, I mean, yeah, you're, you're team USA, I suppose, but you're, it's a lot, it's a much smaller team. A lot, yeah. a lot less people are competing uh, or, or with you. Like, do you have, are you doing this uh, with any other training partners or, or who do you have that's like helping you push? Or is it like, Hey, you just got to be able to, it's just you in the track and you really got to push yourself to be great. Yeah. Like you said, post collegiate, uh, collegiate track and field is a little more lonely than college track. You don't have that team atmosphere. Like you're used to traveling with all your teammates, having fun like that. It's a little more serious and uh, lonely, <laughs> but um, you know, I train at my university. So every now and then I'll hop in with my uh, college track team and just kind of see where I'm at. But for the most part, I'm just kind of training by myself and mm-hmm. did that a little bit throughout high school with the hurdles. Um, I had a smaller um, track team in high school, not many hurdlers on my team. So kind of used to kind of running by myself and mm-hmm. I don't mind it just every now and then I'll hop in with uh, 
a coach track team just to kind of see where I'm at. But for the most part, it's training by myself. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then, um, so by the time this episode's coming out, tomorrow will be the, the big game, the, the, the Super Bowl. Um, and I, I saw, I think it was like in October, you, you posted a video of you running uh, a what, like a 425, I think yeah. 40. Uh, obviously, that, that's, that's pretty, that's, that's moving. That's moving. I mean, where, if it's you versus, versus Tyreek Hill, 40-yard dash, who do you have winning that that race? Oof, that's a tough one. Um, so actually, I ran I ran four two five. This was my senior year in college, so I was coming off indoor nationals. I wanted to hop in the uh, pro day, our college football team at a pro day, and just kind of got their green light from the the football team and hopped in. Just was curious to see what I could do. Um, threw down a four two five. Not sure what Tyreek Hill can run. I think he ran four two in the combine as well. A lot of guys give NFL players like track guys like, oh, they're not really fast. They don't have track speed. And Tyreek's a guy I can say definitely has track speed. He ran track in college. So uh, I like to say I'm going to win. I bet on myself every time. So if I'm running against Tyreek, I'm going to say I'm going to win. But I definitely have a lot of respect for his speed. And he actually has track speed, I would say. <laughs> yeah, he he's one of the guys where it's like whenever I hear people saying, oh, they're football players, like uh, you may have the the horizontal agility, but you don't have that that hundred meter speed. I'm like, well, have you seen Tyree kills numbers? Yeah. Like what dude ran, what like a 10 one or, or something crazy, which is like, is, is moving. It's moving. I mean, uh, I mean, what, what was that experience like? I mean, doing the, the pro day, I mean, I'm sure there's probably other scouts around like who's, who's this kid. I didn't see him on the team. Uh, where, where's he coming from? Yeah, it was definitely a unique experience. I kind of actually got the idea. Um, so my senior year, I was doing some research. I saw some other track guys from LSU actually hopped in uh, LSU's football pro day. Mm-hmm. And one guy actually got signed to the Seattle Seahawks um, just by running a good 40 time and running some good routes. And I'm like, all right, I think I can run a good 40 time. You know, I'm a sprinter. I train to be fast, explosive. They had the vertical jump there as well. Did 40 inches, bench press. I'm always in the weight room. So I'm like, let me just give this a shot. Things are really well. And I think it opened up a lot of eyes. So posted my video on Twitter to 425 and had a lot of NFL guys kind of like retweet my video and reach out, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, got Had some CFL, so uh, Canadian football looks, wanted me to fly out and go to the training camp and see how things go. And I was still on my outdoor track season. I still had sights on running at the Olympic trials and running post-collegiately. So I didn't really want to move my life to Canada. No NFL looks, unfortunately, but it was just kind of cool to go through that opportunity and kind of get some professional football looks. Oh, yeah. That's got to be pretty cool. Like just going out and <laughs> giving it a whirl. I mean, you know, see, seeing what's going on, like really test yourself. And I mean, you mentioned the that, that your, you know, your vertical is pretty good. One one picture that I remember, I guess, went kind of viral last year was you jumping up and yeah. I think it was you at the starting blocks of, yeah. of, I guess, the 110s. And I think you're, you're jumping up higher than the person that's standing next to you. Like your feet are at their like shoulder blades. It's like just crazy, like crazy. Have you always just been great, great jumper? Like, I mean, that, that photo I remember, it's, I always remember because it's, it's just, I'm like, oh, that's a photoshopped image. But yeah, no, it's, it's real. A lot of people thought that was Photoshop. So I actually posted that. So that was the, I run in the Horizon League in college. That's our uh, conference, a smaller mid-major uh, D1 conference. So that photo was taken for the prelims of the 100 meter dash. So I typically do that jump start. You see a lot of sprinters doing and some photographer caught me at the perfect time, the peak of my jump. 
I saw the picture. I posted it before my finals, got ready, did my, you know, warm up everything, finished, finished the meet. I took my phone and it blew up and everyone thought it was crazy and thought it was photoshopped. But um, I've always pretty much worked on my vertical jump. That's just the way I kind of train for, for the hurdles. I do a lot of plyometrics, a lot of lifting, a lot of Olympic lifts and just kind of host my vertical jump. But uh, yeah, people thought that was crazy and they thought it was fake, but that was definitely a real photo. Oh no, <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. It, it was, it was <laughs> great. And um, I mean, for you, what are the, what are the next few steps looking like? Like, do you have your, your schedule? Like what's your calendar looking like competition wise mm-hmm. um, as you prepare to hopefully start peaking, um, you know, towards the, the summertime with, with the Olympic trials? Yeah, so this this year for indoor tracks is a little different since we don't have – there were supposed to be actually the World Indoor Championships this year. That was canceled, and there's supposed to be the USATF Indoor. So this is the first indoor season in a while where we don't have a championship at the end of the tunnel. So I actually do have at least one more American Track League race. So this will be on Sunday, so the day after your podcast drops there. Um, I'll be running the 60 hurdles there. I think I got Omar McLeod. So he's 2016 uh, Olympian in the field. So that'll be definitely some good competition again. So might be my last race indoor season. I'm hoping I run a season's best, maybe a a PB. And then I kind of take a little bit of a break. And like you said, it's an Olympic trial year. So I'm going to probably take a little break and then kind of start, start from scratch again and just start working on the one ton hurdles. So five more hurdles I got to add onto the race, prepare for that. And, maybe open up, I want to say April, just, just kind of work for peaking on um, for the Olympic trials and that's in June. So. Awesome. Well, Hey, before we close out, I got one last question for you. What would you give as advice for anyone that is just getting started with the hurdles and they, they don't know like, you know, where to go or, or where to get, you know, where to even get started? What would you have some advice, you know, for that, that person that this might be their, their first time competing in, you know, in this event? Yeah, I would say if you're starting out with the hurdles, take things slow. You know, I mean, don't, don't get intimidated. The more, the more reps you do over the hurdles, the more comfortable you're going to be. So I would say start out with the hurdles at the lower height. Keep on working that. Build your confidence. If you're not having confidence in the hurdles, you're not going to run good. You can't be scared of the hurdles. If you get the hurdles, hurdles are going to fall down. So have confidence in yourself. Start out small. Start over low, lower hurdles and build your way up until you feel confident and ready to race and just really believe in yourself. Awesome. Well, thank you, Chad. This has been a, a great, great conversation. Awesome. Uh, finally getting a, the ability to, to connect um, for, for those that are listening that want to kind of follow along with, with how you, you do throughout this year, where could they, they find uh, more info on you? Yeah, man. So I'm, I'm on um, Instagram, just my name, Chad Zalo, and I'm also on Twitter. So I'll post some of my races um, here and there and um, you know, you guys can follow me along with there. So um, hope to have you guys follow me and uh, see you guys there. Awesome. Well, thank you, Chad, for, for taking the time. It's been an awesome, uh, awesome to be able to connect. And, and thank you to everyone that's been listening. This has been another episode of Track World News. If you want to get more content, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Track World News. Uh, and then also you can uh, make sure that you, you follow us on, on Instagram, share uh, the episode, subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff. It helps us know that you're enjoying it. But have a good one and peace. Thank <laughs> you.